You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 304, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 13, Paragraphs 222 to 231. Chapter 13. The Blessed Mary sends the creed to the disciples and others of the faithful. They work great wonders with it. The apostles resolve to petition the earth among themselves. Other doings of the great Queen of Heaven. 222. In the diligence, watchfulness, and solicitude, which the most prudent mother devoted to the government of her family, the church, she was like a mother, and like to the strong woman of whom Solomon says that she considered the paths and the ways of her household in order not to eat her bread in idleness. Proverbs 31.27 The great lady knew and considered them with the plentitude and knowledge, as she was clothed in the purple of her charity and in the spotless white of her peerless purity, Therefore, in the fullness of her insight, she forgot nothing that was needed by her children and domestics, the faithful. As soon as the symbol of the faith was established, she, both with her hands and with the assistance of the holy angels, serving as her secretaries, provided innumerable copies of the creed, which were sent without delay to all the disciples preaching in the different parts of Palestine. She sent several copies to each one for distribution together with a special letter, in which she informed them of the measures taken by the apostles, and of their orders, that it should be accepted and professed by all the faithful. 2.23 As the disciples were scattered through different cities, some near and others far, she sent the symbol and letter to those in the neighborhood by some of the faithful, and to those farther off by her angels. To some of the disciples, in fact, to the greater number of them, the angels appeared visibly, while to others they did not appear. But they placed these documents into their hands, in an invisible manner, at the same time admirably moving their hearts. As well, though, these inspirations, as from the letter of the Queen, the disciples knew whence these messages had come. Moreover, she exhorted the apostles to distribute the written creed in Jerusalem and in other places, and to instruct the faithful how the Lord had sent the Holy Ghost to inspire and approve it in such a signal manner and thereby imposed its veneration upon all. 
She told them to omit no means of making it well understood that this was the only invariable and secure doctrine, which was to be believed, confessed, and preached throughout the church as the sole means of obtaining grace and life everlasting. 2.24. The written copies of the Creed of the Apostles were distributed in a very few days among the faithful to their incredible benefit and consolation. For in their fervor they received them with highest reverence and devotion. The Holy Ghost, who had ordained this creed for the security of the church, immediately began to confirm it by new miracles and prodigies, operating not only through the hands of the apostles and disciples, but also through many of the believers. Many who received it with special veneration and love were suddenly enveloped in divine splendor, filled with heavenly science and celestial manifestations of the Holy Ghost. By these miracles, others were, in their turn, moved to a desire of possessing and reverencing these documents. Others restored the sick to health, raised the dead, or expelled the demons from the possessed by merely placing the credo upon them. Among other marvels, it happened one day that a Jew who had roused to anger at hearing a Christian devoutly reading the creed and was about to tear it from his hands, fell dead before he could execute his design. From that time on, those that were baptized, being adults, were required to profess the faith according to the apostolic creed, and while they pronounced it, the Holy Ghost visibly appeared above them. 2.25. The gift of tongues likewise continued, for the Holy Spirit gave it not only on the day of Pentecost, but to many of the faithful afterwards, who assisted in preaching or in giving instruction to the new believers. And whenever they spoke or preached to many together of different nationalities, they were understood by each nationality, though they spoke only in the Hebrew language. In like manner, they were able to speak in other languages when they happened upon a gathering of people all speaking the same foreign language. Thus was renewed all that had happened at the first coming down of the Holy Ghost. Beside these miracles, the apostles wrought many others, and whenever they laid their hands upon the believers or confirmed them, the divine spirit descended. So many miracles and prodigies were dispensed by the hands of the Almighty that if they were all recorded, they would fill many volumes. St. Luke in the Acts describes those in particular which injustice should not be altogether left unnoticed in the Church of God. He adds in a general way that they were very numerous and therefore could not be included in his short history. 2.26 In pondering and writing of these things, I was greatly astonished at the liberal bounty of the Almighty, and thus often sending the Holy Ghost upon the believers in the primitive church. In response to my wonder, I was informed of two reasons for this liberality. First, just as the wisdom, goodness, and power of God so ardently desired men to participate in his divinity by sharing with him his eternal happiness and glory, that he induced the eternal word to appear in this world in visible and passable flesh. So also the third person descended many times in visible and appropriate form upon his church, in order to establish it and confirm it with like and equally secure demonstrations of his omnipotence and love. Secondly, in the beginning of the church, the merits of the passion and death of Christ, together with the prayers and intercession of his most holy mother, were in a certain sense more acceptable, and therefore, according to our way of understanding, more powerful with the Eternal Father. For the children of the church had not yet interposed the many and grievous sins which had been committed since then, and which have placed such great obstacles to the benefits of the Lord and to his Holy Spirit. Hence he does not now manifest himself so familiarly to men as in the primitive church. 
227. Already a full year had passed since the death of the Savior, and now the apostles, by divine impulse, began to consider about going forth to preach the faith throughout the world. For it was time that the name of God be preached also to the heathens, and that they be taught the way of eternal salvation, in order to consult the will of God in the assignment of the kingdoms and provinces in which each one was to preach. They, upon the advice of their queen, resolved to fast and pray for ten successive days. This practice of fasting and prayer for ten days, which they observed immediately after the ascension and disposing themselves for the coming of the Holy Ghost, they afterwards also retained in preparing themselves for more important undertakings. Having completed these exercises, the Vicar of Christ celebrated Mass and communicated the Most Blessed Mary and the Eleven Apostles, as they had done in preparing the Creed, and as is mentioned in the last chapter. After Mass, they all persevered with their Queen for some time in most exalted prayer, ardently invoking the assistance of the Holy Ghost for the manifestation of His will in this manner. 2.28. Having done this, St. Peter spoke to them as follows, My dearest brethren, let us prostrate ourselves altogether before the throne of God, and with all our heart, and with deepest reverence, let us confess our Lord Jesus Christ as the true God, the Lord and Redeemer of the world, professing His holy faith and the creed, which he has given us by the Holy Ghost in our subjection to his divine will. This they did, and thereupon uttered aloud with St. Peter the following prayer, Most high and eternal God, we, vile and insignificant men, worms of the earth, whom the Lord Jesus Christ in his clemency condescended to choose as ministers of his holy doctrine and law, and founders of his church through the whole world, with one heart and soul, prostrate ourselves to suffer and die for the confession and spread of the holy faith in the world, according to the commands of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. We wish to be spared no labors, difficulties, or tribulations in the performance of this work, even unto death. But distrusting our weakness, we beseech thee, Lord God, Most High, send upon us thy divine Spirit to govern and direct our footsteps in the imitation of our Master, and to visit us with his strength. Do thou manifest and instruct us to which kingdoms and provinces each of us shall depart, according to thy good pleasure." For the preaching of thy holy name. 2.29. At the ending of this prayer, a wonderful light descended upon the cenacle, surrounding them all, and a voice was heard saying, My vicar Peter shall point out the province which falls to each one. I shall govern and direct him by my light and my spirit. The appointments themselves, the Holy Ghost left to St. Peter in order to confirm anew his power as head and universal pastor of the church, and in order that the apostles might understand that it was to be founded throughout the world under the direction of St. Peter and his successors, to whom they were to be subject as the vicars of Christ. In this sense, the apostles understood it, and I was given to understand that such was the will of the Most High. St. Peter, hearing this voice, proceeded to partition out the provinces. He began with himself and said, I, my Lord, offer myself to suffer and die in imitation of my Lord and Redeemer preaching the faith at present in Jerusalem and afterwards in Pontus, Galatia, Bithynia, and Cappadocia, provinces of Asia. And I shall take up my residence at first in Antioch, and afterwards in Rome, where I will establish my seat, and found the cathedra of Christ our Redeemer and Master, and where the head of his church shall have his residence. These words of St. Peter were spoken in obedience to a positive command of the Lord, pointing out the Roman church as the center and capital of the universal church, Without such a command of the Lord, St. Peter would not have decided this difficult and important matter. 2.30 St. Peter then continued, 
The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Andrew, will follow his master preaching his faith in the Scythian provinces of Europe, Epirus, and Thras, and from the city of Patras in Achaia. He will govern all that province and the others of his lot as far as is possible. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother James the Greater, will follow his master preaching the faith in Judea, in Samaria, and in Spain. Thence he shall return in order to preach the doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ in this city of Jerusalem. The most dear brother John shall obey the will of our Savior and Master as made known to him from the cross, discharging the duties of a son toward our great mother and mistress. He shall serve her and assist her with filial reverence and fidelity. He shall administer to her the sacred mysteries of the Eucharist, and shall also take care of the faithful in Jerusalem during our absence. And when our God and Redeemer shall have taken into heaven his most blessed mother, he shall follow his master in the preaching of the faith in Asia Minor, governing the churches there established from the island of Patmos, where he shall retire on account of persecution. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Thomas, will follow his master preaching in India, in Persia, and among the Parthians, Medes, Hyrcanians, Brahmins, Bactrians. He shall baptize the three Magi kings, and as they shall be attracted by the rumor of his preaching and his miracles, he shall instruct them fully in all things according to their expectation. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother James, shall follow his master in his office of pastor and bishop of Jerusalem, where he shall preach to all the Jews and shall assist John in the attendance and service of the great mother of our Savior. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Philip, shall follow his master preaching and teaching in the provinces of Phrygia and Scythia of Asia, and in the city called Hierapolis in Phrygia. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Bartholomew, shall follow his master preaching in Lyconia, part of Cappadocia in Asia, and he shall go to further India, and afterwards to Armenia Minor. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Matthew, shall first teach the Hebrews, and then shall follow his master preaching in Egypt and Ethiopia. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Simon, shall follow his master preaching in Babylon, Persia, and also in the kingdom of Ethiopia. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Judas Thaddeus, shall follow our master preaching in Mesopotamia, and afterwards shall join Simon to preach in Babylon and in Persia. The servant of Christ, our dearest brother Matthias, shall follow our master preaching his holy faith in the interior of Ethiopia and in Arabia. And afterwards he shall return to Palestine. And may the Spirit of God accompany us all, govern and assist us, so that in all places we fulfill his holy and perfect will. And may we give his benediction, in whose name I now give it to all. 2.31 These were the words of St. Peter when he ceased speaking, a loud thunder was heard, and the cenacle was filled with splendor and refulgence in witness of the presence of the Holy Ghost. From the midst of the splendor was heard a sweet and soft voice, saying, Let each one accept his allotment. They prostrated themselves upon the ground, and with one voice said, Most High Lord, thy word and the word of thy vicar we obey with a prompt and joyous heart, and our souls rejoice and are filled with thy sweetness and the abundance of thy wonderful works. This entire and ready obedience of the apostles to the vicar of Christ our Savior since it was the effect of their ardent and loving desire to die for his holy faith, disposed them on that occasion for the grace of once more receiving the Holy Ghost, who confirmed and augmented the favors they had already received. 
They were filled with the new light and knowledge concerning the peoples and provinces assigned to them by St. Peter. And each one recognized the conditions, nature, and customs of the kingdoms singled out for him, being furnished interiorly with the most distinct and abundant information concerning each. The Most High gave them new fortitude to encounter labors, agility for overcoming distances, although in this regard they were afterwards to be frequently assisted by the holy angels and the fire of the divine love, so that they became inflamed like seraphim, lifted far beyond the condition and sphere of mere human creatures. This concludes our reading today for day number 304. We've been reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 13, Paragraphs 222 to 231. Our reading today continues talking about the creed that we heard about yesterday, but then how each of the apostles are going to be sent out to spread this creed, to preach this creed, so that others might come to believe in it. One of the things we heard was that when someone was baptized, they were required to profess the faith according to the apostolic creed, and while they pronounced it, the Holy Ghost visibly appeared above them. So the presence of the Holy Spirit, every time we profess the creed, at least it was at that time, I'd like to think that it's still today. Think about that. Every time we pray the rosary, we pray the Apostles' Creed. Every time we go to Mass, we pray the Nicene Creed. The presence of the Holy Spirit is with us. Again, not only meditate on the words, but now call that to mind with every profession of the creed. It's powerful. We heard the value of fasting as well, that they fasted for 10 days in prayer. And so this was a discipline they used at the Ascension. It was a discipline that they used for other important matters. And fasting is probably something that is a bit lost in our understanding, but it's something that we can reclaim. Whether it's to do a total fast or maybe a limited fast, could be from food, could be from other things in our life. But that act of self-denial readies us. It prepares us for something greater to happen. As we heard the appointment of the apostles to the different places they would go and preach, I was particularly struck by Thomas, who is going to India. He shall baptize the three magi kings. And as they shall be attracted by the rumor of his preaching and his miracles, he shall instruct them fully in all things according to their expectations. Well, this is 33 years later. So the three Magi kings who came to adore Christ now are going to receive the gospel from St. Thomas. They're probably going to be baptized. They're going to profess this creed. And this is towards, I would assume, the end of their life. I would bet they're in their 50s, maybe in their 60s. If they were 20 when they came, 33 years, that would put them in their 50s. Maybe they were a little older, I'm not sure, but the Magi are going to receive the gospel. As we heard the sending of these apostles to their different lands that they were going to preach, maybe it calls to mind for us that Jesus is sending us, that he's sending us to someone to preach his name, to share his goodness. Who is the Lord sending you to today? I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.